Hey, this is Kathleen, and it's time to magnetize the life you desire. As founder and president of Hopeful Handbags International, a nonprofit 501c3 organization, I would like to ask that you donate your once loved handbags filled with necessities that will be donated to women getting back on their feet again, that have gone through down times, abuse, and homelessness. Never underestimate the power of hope. If you or your business would like to donate funds, necessities, become a drop-off location, or start a Hopeful Handbags in your area, contact me at KathleenMiner.com and you too can give hope. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday on WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine. 95.5 95.5 FM Pontevedra Dockety and from anywhere on stagustineradio.com. And this is Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life with Kathleen. So welcome, welcome. I know you enjoyed the St. Joe's radio show that was just before this one. It is awesome. And we get the pleasure of running into them into the studio, in the studio when we're here. So that's awesome too. Now, today I have with me Ron Carucci. Ron, are you with us? I'm here, Kathleen. How are you? Awesome. I am great. Thank you. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Great to be with you today. Yeah, thanks. So you are in Seattle? I am. So what's the temperature like in Seattle right now? You know, it's cr- it's a crazy 66 degrees uh, with a blue sky and sun. And most people in Seattle in May have no idea what to do with that because it's so <laughs> rare. Yeah, you know... I have so I have some family that lives out there, and then when I see pictures and stuff, it seems like they always have like a little light rain jacket on, and it's drizzling. We only have two seasons every year, crappy rain and summer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you really love the summer. We live for summer here in Seattle, One, and it starts July 4th. It's official. We call June, <laughs> January, because it's one of the coldest months of the year here. And on the 4th of July, like someone turns the temperature up, uh, the sun comes out, and it's gorgeous and sunny in the mid-70s for three months, and then we go back to be crappy rainy. Okay, so when I go to visit my family out there, I have not quite made it out that that way yet, but I guess I'm going to make it in July. Perfect timing. You picked the right month. Okay, well, I mean, I'm just, you told me this, so this is what I'm yeah. going to do. I'm going to make it in I'm July. I'm in July. Okay, mm-hmm. that sounds good. I mean, a little bit of rain's okay, but I don't like, you know, maybe some warm rain. Um, so you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We don't, we have one of the actually lower rainfall per year. It's like we're forty fourth in the country for rainfall. It's just always wet and gray and moldy. <laughs> it's not so much that it's a volume of rain. It's just always damp. Yeah, it's always like drizzly, right? Like and moldy. <laughs> it just always smells moldy. Oh, so um, I guess it's just beautiful scenery. That's why everybody chooses to live there. People, if, if you're an outdoor person and you love. The, the you know the, all kinds of beauty in the world and comes in different forms. But if you like outdoor beauty, uh-huh. this is a city for you. Yeah. I'm originally from New York. Uh-huh. Beauty to me is cement. Mm. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, so that that totally makes sense because my cousin that lives out there, he loves to bike, swim. I mean, you name it on the water, uh, he does it. He died and went to heaven. Yeah, this is it. That's his place. That's why he can deal with the rain, I guess. Um, but I want to let everybody know a little bit about you. So. And then we're just going to dive into some stuff. So Ron is an expert on a number of topics, and he takes people on a journey from startup to scale up, leading massive transformation 
in more mature organizations, advice on rising through organizations from middle management to executive leaderships and more. You're also the co-founder and managing partner of Navalent. Did I say that right? You did. Perfect. Um, Working with CEOs and executives, pursuing transformational change from their organizations, leaders, and industries. And you have a 30-year track record of helping some of the world's most influential executives tackle challenges of strategy, organization, and leadership. And of course, you know, you've been featured in lots of magazines, Fortune, CEO, Business Insider, MSNBC, Business Week, Smart Business. So, one thing that I that really caught my eye was massive transformation. Because I always talk about manifesting magic in your everyday life, creating, magnetizing your life on purpose. And so when you go into those businesses, you are transforming not only the business, but the people, right? Working with one person at a time and finding their strengths and maybe their weaknesses and things that they should allow to grow. That's exactly how we work, Kathleen. I think uh, every transformation has to start inside people. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we look we look at transformation. I think this is true in all of our lives. You have to think of if you it, you know we all wake up on January first and say we're going to lose twenty pounds. Mm-hmm. We all say we're going to make our marriage better this year. We all say this is the year I get my promotion or I'm going to write my book. And then why is it that ninety percent of those goals don't go anywhere? Um, you know, we're, we're by by, de- by defining an identity for ourselves, we're committing to change, right? Because we're, we're we're instantly saying between who I am today and who I say I want to be, there's a gap. Then the question becomes: it's not, it's more than just a sheer force of will to go about closing that gap. And we say that change has to happen on three levels: change has to happen within, deep in your brain, to the, into the narratives that that you use to navigate the world, including the ones you're not even aware of. It has to happen between, between you and others, between you and key relationships, between, if you're in an organization, between key functions. We all know sales and marketing fight for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it has to happen systemically. What is the context in which you're in, culturally, uh, strategically, governance? You can't say you want to write a book or change a career or lose weight and then be around a bunch of overeaters. Mm-hmm. Not going to work. Right. So you have to be looking to construct a transformative change in your life or in your organization within, between, and among. And it has to be all three. You could do two of them fabulously, but it's the third one that you don't do that will ultimately cause your change to not stick. Which is why so often, if you look at any change you've made in your, you attempted to make in your life that didn't work, ask yourself, did you have things in place for within, between, and among? And what you're probably going to find is the places you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can think of a few right now, like throughout my past that, you know, there was one thing that can do that and just hold, quote, hold you back. Yep. You know, what was very interesting to me was the 10 year study that you all did on an executive transitions mm-hmm. and people that, so there were four, the context, the breadth, the choice and the connection. And like you just said, you could have three of those things, but if you don't have all of them, you're not going to succeed in, in the way that you want, right? We all have our own versions of success. But if you have a goal, whether it be in business or with yourself, you've got to reach all of those, have all of those bases covered in order to get there. And, and I think so often we, we, we sell ourselves short. We don't realize how, first of all, I think we always underestimate how hard change is. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. just human nature. But I think that was the hardest part of that research study, Kathleen, was uh, my research team had to do 99 different regression analyses 
I kept making them go back because I didn't want to have to say that it takes all four to be successful. But we, you know, we learned that more than half of people trying to be more influential in the world in an organization fail within a year and a half. Um, and it was those four dimensions that kept coming back up over and over again as the reasons. And the only people that, as we set apart, okay, well, if half of them are failing, what are the other half doing? What are the ones that are sticking the landing doing to succeed it? And no matter how we cut the data up, those four were always in the top. They changed orders, but, and my team finally said, Ron, enough. It's not going to change. Um, the, great, the great news about saying you have to be good at all four is you can learn them all, right? You don't have to, um, you know, master them all at once, but eventually, uh, so context, meaning are you curious? Can you look around you and ask questions? If you're looking to impose change or create change in your life, do you ask yourself the question, why is it the way it is first, or do you just go slapping your ideas? It's one of the reasons that so much self-help material fails is because we, we stop mindlessly adopting things mm-hmm. without thinking about how does this fit in my life? How does this fit in my context? Um, and connection, the relationships with bosses, peers, direct reports, neighbors, spouses. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you haven't got the ability to, to invest in relationships, and the key thing that the, the, the exemplars did in the study, they didn't prioritize their relationships uh, with people they could get something from, or who do they need from something from to get their goal. They prioritize their relationships according to who they could contribute to. Who, uh, who can I make successful? Whose agenda can I prioritize? How can I invest in someone else's development? So if you're prioritizing your relationships as a taker, not going to work. But if you're prioritizing the way you invest in connection to those you can make successful, that's going to also make your change stick. Isn't that really interesting? And I talk about that a lot also because I have a book called The 30-Day Self-Perception Makeover because I totally 100% agree with you. It starts inside, right? We have to – it all depends on what we think and feel about ourselves, which in those things you talked about might have to be worked on. Well, I think not might. I think you and I both know they will. They will. They, well, they will. But I'm, I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they've worked on them. Maybe they've gotten the book. We've worked on them. Maybe they've gotten your book, Rising to Power, and they, they're just on their way to the top, um, which would be awesome. So congratulations to all of you who have done that. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like You have to start within. And uh, so many people, and I'm hoping that this is changing around the world, But they're looking at the outside. But I say that, okay, so let's just look at this two ways. You do have to start within, but then you have to, like you said, look and see who you can help, right? It's all about, we can call it giving back or or who can you rise, help rise to their greatest selves, right? For them to be their greatest selves. And if your goal is to have influence, I mean, who doesn't want to have more impact in the world, right? Right. I mean, ultimately, if your goals are, I want to make a lot of money, um, we all know that those goals are typically short-lived. If they don't have some in the service of blank answer to that, you might make a lot of money, but you probably can bet you're going to be really unhappy. So, And uh, where's the money going to go? Don't you think you – I always feel like you have to have an end point for that or a place, right? And, 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 and it's a means to an end. I mean, mm-hmm. if, your, if your end goal is to acquire wealth – I mean, who, I mean, it's 2019. We've, we've seen the movie a million times. We don't need to prove anymore that people who aspire to that end tend to be miserable. Right. <laughs> and, and, and miserable human beings to be around. And lonely and, and on drugs and whatever. So uh, we, uh, don't think you'll be the exception. Because you won't be. Right. 
Um, so then, if, then, then the question is, in the service of what? I think we have plenty of research that tells us that people are not people are looking for senses of meaning and senses of purpose. They're looking for reasons to contribute. They want a reason to wake up in the morning, and it's typically not money. Um, we have all kinds of research every year from Harvard Business Review around what it is people want from work every year. And sometimes the top three or four change in order, but one of them is never money. Uh, and meaningful contribution, chances to develop, chances to make a difference, you know, finding a sense of purpose and agency in the world, those are all the things that continue to top that list. And so whether you're finding it for yourself and as an entrepreneur or whether you're trying to create it in organizations for other people, if you know that's what people want, create it for them. Figure out how to have, and, 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 the, and the challenge becomes if you don't know yours, it's going to be very difficult to help create other people's. Yes, exactly. And that's what I was talking about with the self-perception, right? What do we think and feel about ourselves? And then we've got to work backwards from there so that we can then start giving out, giving back and helping others to raise themselves up. And I like what you just said, though, about, you know, if, if there's people like to give back, they like to contribute, they like to feel like they're helping others. And if you are a leader in an organization and there isn't something like that, then create it. And that's your job as a leader, right? right? Is to create ways for people to contribute to the mission of the organization in the service of their own purpose and to go home at night feeling proud. Right. I tell every one of my clients, you don't have to wonder whether or not people are telling stories at the new table or not about you. They are. (laughs) You just have to worry about what they're saying. Right. And if you're not certain what stories they're telling their spouses and families about you, be worried. Yeah. Because if you're not controlling that narrative, chances are the stories they're telling are not the ones you want them telling. Right, and I truly believe, um, you know, as I worked at, I actually worked at the Mayo Clinic for numerous years and was a supervisor there in a leadership role, and I will tell you that the satisfaction that you get as a leader by seeing your employees flourish and are happy to come to work, I mean, you kind of get, you get a real good sense of, oh my gosh, okay, I'm doing this right, you know, and let's keep it up and let's see what we can do better. And don't you remember, Kathleen, don't you remember when that became an acquired taste? Because yeah. so many leaders don't realize that when you become a leader, it's not about being the smartest kid in the class, right? right? So many new leaders or new appointed executives don't realize they have to make that switch. Mm-hmm. And whatever gratified them before about being a technical expert or the work they did or being productive, their, their impact is different now. And their impact is now through other people. And for some leaders, they struggle to let go. They struggle to let go of being the expert or being the answer ATM. Right. Learning to be gratified by the seeing it happen in other people part. And I think, I, I do think, by and large, this may sound like a horrible gender bias, I do think, by and large, women are just naturally better at this than men. Mm-hmm. I think the research would all prove that out. But if you don't decide to acquire the taste and realize, oh, well, I'm doing this right, I'm seeing other people flourish, mm-hmm. you, don't, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't know to look for it. And to realize, don't look for your brilliance in the organization. Look for your brilliance coming out of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you don't flip that switch in your brain and learn to be gratified by that work, you're going to micromanage people, you're going to suffocate them, you're going to take all the credit, you're going to do all the answers, you're going to do all the work, you're gonna, and you're going to suffocate the organization. And yourself, because you and get yourself, burnout. And yourself, and eventually you're going to burn out, because yeah. you can't do everybody's job. Exactly. Try, though, you might. Right? <laughs> I know. I mean, I loved the fact that when other people flourish, you see it's it's a good sense of positive energy vibration. So I talk about that a lot, meaning we open our flow to creating our life, which is when we're happy and we're on a higher energy vibration. Basically, if you're just around happy people, like you said a few minutes ago, if it's something, if you want to lose weight and you're around people that overeat, then it's not going to happen, right? So if you're around happy people that are 
satisfied in their job. And in turn, they're probably, they're, they get more satisfied in their life and they kind of they feel good about themselves. And then everybody in that organization starts to feel the same way. And then it's like a snowball effect. Yep. And, and sadly, the opposite is true. If you're around yes, people who negative. are <laughs> aimless, negative, uncertain, self-interested, you know, uh, down, Debbie Downer, yeah. Donnie Downer. Yeah, that, that that also multiplies as well, and it, that's not pretty. Right. You know, um, I want to talk about just really quick. Mention something that I thought was really interesting about giving back. So, I do have a charity called Hopeful Handbags, where we collect once loved handbags and fill them with necessities and turn them over to organizations that. E- for women getting back on their feet again, abuse, homelessness. And there's an organization that has taken on ours. It's a, it's a company. And they're a company that goes out. You know those uh, team building? The team, but the team bond, team building sure. that, that they do. Yep. Um, anyway, so some of these corporations are taking this because some of the employees want to give back to their communities. So they're taking that on. And I thought that was awesome because – here, like what you said, to what you, your point, you know, the employees at these certain corporations wanted to give back. And so the leadership was like, okay, let's find something where we can all give back together. It's yeah. somewhat organi- pre, quote, pre-organized already, right? Yeah, so absolutely. Don't I, I don't ever do, whenever my executive clients ask us to do their annual leadership offsite, the, the, the one time a year where they bring together the top 50, 80, or 100 leaders, we never do that without signing in something to give to the community. Right. Two reasons. One, 150 smart leaders together for a couple of days, that's a resource. Right. And two, you owe it to the community you operate in mm-hmm. to contribute. So we find, uh, whether it's a local food kitchen or a local restaurant or some local organization, and we organize, we say, listen, we're bringing 150 people down for the evening. What do you need? Awesome. Um, and they love it. Doesn't they it? They absolutely love it. It's like all everybody's got these positive vibrations going around, and it just gets to be contagious. Yep. We need it's to get a, the negative people and and you just You realize you're part of a bigger story than you thought. Right. right? It, the world does not end, start and end with your department or your spreadsheet or your report or your quarterly quotas or your you know broken technologies you have to fix. The world's a much bigger story that you're in, and we need to be reminded of that. We're part of a much bigger story than we typically wake up in our day and think about. And if you don't, you're going to become a very ungrateful person. Absolutely. And part of what giving back does is it reminds you to be grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you see see some things that to be grateful that you're not in that position and you can help others get out of it. You know, yep. another thing, too, is, is small businesses. So if you have a small business as well, you know, you're still nine times out of ten going to have employees, right? You're mm-hmm. going to – so you can do the things that you're talking about right now and what you do in your business and your corporation as on a smaller level. Absolutely. You, you know, if you, if you have a little shop in a strip mall, you're part of the community. Um, and you know what I, what I always find interesting when you talk, when you, whenever we spend time with folks who are homeless, and, and in Seattle we have the, you know, we're now getting a lot of flack for good reason for having the largest homeless population in the country. We do, mm. um, and yet whenever you spend time with them and uh, talk to them, and you know, they, they'll tell you, I don't need more gloves, I don't need more socks, I don't need more. I know, I know where all the food's being served. I need friends. Yeah. I need to not be invisible. I need to be seen. I need to be treated like a, I need to be redignified as a human being. And they're typically the people who are 
you know, have a much more positive perspective on the world and, and are far more grateful for the little they have mm-hmm. than the people who have too much. Yeah, there are some of them that definitely are. I've talked to some even in our town. Um, we, no, we, well, the, other, the other sad reality is that we also have a horrible, horrible uh, opiate crisis. The, the drug issue among the homelessness people is a compounding, horrible factor that we seem to want to ignore uh, here. But I think even then, you know, our, we have opportunities to help those folks get back on their feet, to give them jobs, to help them, you know, exit, exit those choices. Um, and I think it doesn't matter how small your business is. You could be a local dry cleaner. You could be a local restaurant. There are things you can do to help your organization understand that you're part of a community. Mm-hmm. You're part of the landscape. You're part of the story of that neighborhood. And you get to decide, you know, how, how do you want to curate that part of a story? How do you want to contribute to the next chapter of that story? Um, and not just worry about keeping your own lights on or getting your own, you know, business grown. Right, so even sure. small businesses business, take... You should grow it. You should be able to feed your employees and help them share in the rewards of that and make your business thrive. Yeah, and it makes you a better leader. Makes you a better leader and also makes your employees grateful, like you said. They, 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 and, and a purpose, almost. Another purpose besides well, this is just and my you job. Know, you're sport, I mean, let's, let's be honest, right? You know, if you're in a small business in your community, chances are people aren't coming for their whole career. Right. right. So for whatever time you have them in your presence, don't you want to leave them better than you found them? Absolutely. I mean, and, and make them want to leave you better than they found you. Mm-hmm. Um, and together, leave your neighborhood better than you found it, found it when you entered. I think that, that's, you, you know, we all get the incredible privilege of waking up every day to decide, how, how do you want to leave the world better than you found it today? Um, but if that's not the question you're asking, chances are that's probably not how you're going to live your day. Yeah, and there's so many different things around different communities. And whatever, something's going to touch somebody's heart, one business owner's heart, or one corporate leader's heart more than it will another and that's okay the great thing about that is that's how yeah that's the whole idea of being of spreading all of this out so that as much can be covered as possible because you're right i mean giving back is what lights most people up but if they're not given that opportunity because maybe they didn't grow up doing that maybe they really just don't know because they're just so down about their job or they're not in a great relationship etc etc they aren't even thinking about that until the leader right, a quote leader, you know, in the organization or business or boss, owner, uh, brings up the, that opportunity. Well, and you know, I mean, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a lifestyle, right? Being, giving back or, or contributing to others doesn't mean charity, doesn't, really, doesn't have to be charitable. Right. Well, it's great. But there's, a, there's somebody sitting in the cubicle next to you who's having a miserable day. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a neighbor next door to you in, your, in the house next door whose mother has cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it, you don't have to look very far beyond the circles of, of, of influence you're in to find a way you can make somebody's life better, to find a way to leave a mark on the world that's positive. It doesn't have to be some grand charitable, you know, reach out to somebody unfortunate. I mean, that's, that's great, too. But far, far more immediate to the circle you operate in are opportunities for you to leave a mark um, if you open your eyes to see them. Yeah, one more. I want to cover just a couple more things because I know we're running out of time. But the one thing when you were talking about power and one of the one that stood out to me, one of the ones was network. Right. So you were talking about how power is underutilized. Mm -hmm. And if people use their power more, then the world would be a better place. So what I loved about the network part was, you know, when you said, tell me how you did that. Yeah, you found that when people ask questions of other people. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's so, uh, we don't realize that one of the greatest gifts we can give somebody else is to let them, let them feel seen by us. Yeah. Let them feel known. Um, and one of the greatest ways we can express gratitude to other people, uh, you know, one of the questions I always ask audiences when I speak is how many of you have ever received a compliment, particularly from a boss or somebody else at work, that actually offended you? Um, and more than half the hands in the room go up. And when I ask, well, why did it offend you? And the answers are always the same, because they didn't know what they were talking about. They didn't understand what it really took of me to contribute. I knew they were just checking a box off. It seemed insincere. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, giving somebody a compliment is not the same as being grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, when you understand that the contribution they made is an extension of them as a contributor, then you want to know more. If it's just the task you're grateful for, then people feel used. They feel like utilitarian cog in your wheel. But when you say to them, wow, that was amazing. Tell me how you did it. And you, want to, and you want to hear the story of their contribution, and you take the time to be amazed at them. You validate them. You legitimize them. You, make, you give them a sense of dignity. And all of us want to know that our story matters. Well, and, and especially we want to know that our story matters to people in authority over us, or to people who are important in our lives. Mm-hmm. And if you take the time and ask for the story... And listen attentively and caringly and uh, graciously, you change people's lives by allowing them for that story to be legitimized in your eye. It's one of the most under-leveraged but profoundly powerful things anybody in the world, but certainly lead parents, can do with their kids. Um, The story of my TED Talk that you're talking about came from a junior high school teacher Mm -hmm. who did it for his students. Um, Ask for the story. And then be amazed when you get it and watch what happens to the people who tell you the story. And that teacher was the one that kids had the highest grade point averages, right? Yep. They and, loved and, his and, class. And he was hardest teachers. <laughs> and he was the hardest, yeah. Yep. But those students outperformed others because they, they believed that their work mattered. They believed that working hard mattered, mattered to that teacher. I like that. I, I, you know, the compliments are different than being grateful because you're right. Taking the time to say, how did you do that? Like, tell me a little bit more about it means more than just, especially when you're, when you're in a leadership position, which we have to say power, right? I, that, that word power, I think a lot of people think of it as a negative thing. But sure. I like you the don't way. have to look around too far to see why. Exactly, right? I mean, but I like the fact that you put it in a different perspective, that it, it's underutilized, and if it people used it in the right ways, this world could be a much better place. Yep. And I think that's awesome. But I have another qu- one more question to ask you before we have yeah, to go, sure. but what would you tell your 25-year-old self from what you know today? If you were 25 and you know what you know now, oh my heavens! Um, you know, I think I would tell him what my mentor told. Actually, it was right around the time when my mentor told me this, but I just didn't listen well. <laughs> She's been my mentor for 30 years. Oh, awesome! Um, yeah, but she said to me, "Nothing in life is irrevocable except death. True. You get do-overs, right? Yeah. If you spend more time, if you spend so much time obsessing over what might happen, what might go wrong, what people are going to think." Um, and you don't take your shots at bat, uh, and you hang back, um, you don't get to adventure cause. You don't get to find your voice. You don't get to find the, that dream impact in the world. And I just think I hung back so much more than I should have uh, in my career earlier on, and I wish I had taken more shots. I wish I had let myself dream more. I wish I let myself fail more. I wish I had let myself be more honest about who I wanted to be instead of who I thought I was supposed to be. Right, who, who everybody else thought you were supposed to be. 
Right. Yeah. So everybody, no matter what your age, you can take that advice. <laughs> it's good for all of us. Never too late for a do-over. Absolutely never too late. You know, Ron, it has been awesome uh, talking to you. And I will put all of your links on the WSOS radio site. It will also be on my webpage and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But everybody... Check out Ron's book, Rising to Power, which he co-authored with Eric Hansen, and it's been number one on Amazon, and it's really awesome. So if you guys check that out, and also your company. So all of your information will be on there, and I really look forward to talking to you again. Kathleen, it's been so terrific. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for all your good work on the world and for all the ways you're making it a, a more magical place. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for being here, and I hope the sun stays around for you for a little while. <laughs> right back at you. Thanks, kiddo. Yeah, we're going to play your song, Celebrate. This is Ron's song. <laughs> on for? Anyway, on WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Ponte Vedra Nocatee, and from anywhere in stagustineradio.com. So we're like looking at ourselves in the camera because we are live on Facebook now for our Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. And I always like to have a guest with me because it's fun. So who do I have today? If you're just listening on the radio, you can't see this handsome guy next to me. And this is Where? Brendan. This is, some people say other half, but see, I don't say that because like I'm a whole person and you're a whole person. So like together we just make two whole people that are better than one, I guess. What do you think? That's a good way to put it. Don't you think? Okay. I do. Okay. Okay. Look in the mirror. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I, I was uncertain I'd ever be invited again after the last. What'd you do last time? Well, the last time you, you're guest was a cook for Will Smith, and I asked him if there was any way he could work with Will Smith to get the Neuralizer Mind Zapper since he was his cook, because I wanted to get one. Well, you because know. Because I, I would use it on you first. What does it do? I don't even it know. It zaps your memory. Oh, I can take care of that myself some days. It depends. Well, I could use it selectively. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, you know what? We are going out there at some point with Ryan, and we'll maybe Ryan it. can invite Will over. That would be good. Let's ask Got him. some stuff to talk about. Let's, let's ask him that. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today on Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life? Surprise, surprise. So we're going to talk about comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. And we have all heard that before. Before I go into this anymore, what is your first thought on that, Brendan, when I say comparison is the thief of joy? I would assume that that refers to when people compare themselves to others, that their happiness gets sapped because they're trying to reach someone else's idea of what their happiness should be, their greatness should be, their whatever should be. Right, somebody else's personality, which they're never going to be able to be, or something that somebody else is doing because we're all absolutely unique. That's true. Is that what you're thinking? I think that's what I'm thinking. I think, I think that's what you're thinking, too. Yeah. But there is a difference between comparison and admiring something or someone. Don't you think? Sure. I mean, because when you admire somebody, you're, you're admiring what they're doing. You'd like to maybe take from those things 
and learn from them, right? Learn from what they're doing because you really are, it, it sounds really great to you. You get passionate when you think about it, but you're never going to be exactly like that other person. Yeah, well, we're all different. And you could uh, you could admire a trait or a characteristic in someone and try to, to recreate that in your own life or your own personality and, you know. Right, you can like, even actually use that by learning from others' mistakes. Learning from others' mistakes, that would be a good thing too. Because I find that, especially now with all of the social media stuff out there, that people tend to compare themselves more. I know you're not on social media that much. I am O for social media. Yeah, I know. There but is no social media. If I have to, yeah, I know. Mark Zuckerberg gets to me, tells me I'm not spending enough money on Facebook. He does have a Facebook account. However, he does get notified because he doesn't go on it, <laughs> which is very interesting. Because I guess those of you don't, who do have a Facebook account and don't get on it might know this as well. But you will receive emails and notifications on your phone that you have not gotten on Facebook. <laughs> That's what Brendan gets. Yep. So I just get notifications of people that are giving me a message or something. Yeah. But so what I'd like for you guys to do is focus on your thoughts and tune in to what that other person, what is it about that other person that you are comparing yourself about? What is that? Because it's probably, it, it could be materialistic. It could be a success thing. But like I said, you're never going to be exactly like somebody else. So look and see what is it that you're comparing yourself with. Because then you need to take a look back, write it down if you have to, and say, why am I comparing myself with this? Is this something I have a passion for that I'd really like to change over and make it into something that I can create my own thing, but not try to do the exact same thing as somebody else or be like somebody else? Because also with social media these days, there's a lot of filters and of course, everything's a filter and nobody walks around with a filter on them during the day. Yeah, no, I think that's very true. Um, you have to consider the context of, of what you think someone else is doing so much better. And if it is on their social media and they're looking shiny and everything looks great, well, you know, you got to consider the context, like you said, the filters, right? Right. And we talk about negative energy. So there's the high, the mediocre, middle, and low. And comparison is a negative energy, right? I mean, what do you think about that? So those of you that are just listening on the radio, we are live on Facebook. So you can always go to my page and watch it. But I'm looking at Brendan right now because I think he's just thinking about this. But he hears me talk about energies all the time. So I do. Right. So, but don't you agree that comparison is a negative energy? It can be, yeah, absolutely. Because most of the time it's, it's uh, envy. Yeah, envy, jealousy, right, things right. like that. And so that is a negative energy. So that is another reason why you don't want to do that because you're surrounding yourself with a negative energy. And therefore, if you're trying to up-level your life or reach your version of success, you're not going to do that if you are surrounded by negative energy and if you're creating it yourself then you're the only one that can stop it this is true right yeah. so let me just talk about i talked about comparison versus admiring so what i mean by admiring is so somebody's doing something they're very successful at their job and you really 
you think really highly of them because they're either giving back to the community or, like I said, they're just successful at their job and, or they dress nice or whatever the case may be, right? They have a happy family. But you're then admiring that person. And admiring puts out a whole different energy vibration. So admiring puts out a positive energy vibration. So you're like, oh, my gosh, you're, you're basically complimenting that person. You don't have to say it to their face, but you're complimenting what they're doing. Like, that is so awesome that they're doing that. You know, and then it's just the opposite of comparison, energy-wise, but you can still have the same outcome. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do is we are going to play a song. So if you're on Facebook, you're going to watch us with that song. And we will be right back. Hey, I'm Kathleen Miner. Welcome to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. It's time to magnetize the life that you desire. Here we go. Welcome back to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life with Kathleen. So we are here talking about manifesting magic in your everyday life. And we were talking about comparison is the thief of joy. So the difference between comparison and admiring, right? How admiring is a higher... Okay. Are you paying attention? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, um, boy. This is very interesting. He's mm-hmm. paying attention. He was a little distracted as he was admiring you. Okay, Thanks, there exactly. we go. That is good. See, Kathy yeah. always Thank has you. a good answer. <laughs> you are help. saving him again. <laughs> but, okay, so he's paying attention again. And but we're talking about comparison to the thief of joy, but admiring somebody. So just keep this in mind. So if you are at the school drop-off, dropping off the kids at school, and you see some mom that looks like she's always got it together – Right. So instead of being jealous and comparing yourself to that person, admire that person. But let me just talk about this real quick. It's probably not real. <laughs> she, she probably really got herself looking together and then got in the car. And I say this because I've done it. I've got four kids. You know, the oldest is 27. The youngest is now 13. I have been there, done that where I you can put your hair up in a bun, throw a top on. And you can look all put together really quickly. So just keep that in mind, too, when you're like busy and you're comparing yourself to other people it may not be all it seems to be they probably go home and are having a hard time some days it could be sometimes guys throw it together and and they look pretty good in the in the pickup line too right (laughs) i don't know you know guys you know you know hair is a little messed up they kind of always look the same don't you think except for their hair being messed up joy Boy, I don't know where to go don't with you, that. You, are we is comparison? That not true? Are you is this a comparison no, I'm, I'm or are you saying, admiring that they're I'm all looking the same? I'm admiring the fact that oh. because you don't usually now some guys have longer hair, but the hair is usually the same. And you could throw on a sweatshirt, and I don't. Most guys I know don't wear makeup. Most guys don't wear makeup, but some of them do, and that's some okay do. too. Sure, yeah. But they'll, so they'll look different. There but for the most part, like they, the guys, the. Guys dropping off their kids in the line look about the same. Right? Probably. Okay. So that's just an example. So we also were talking about comparing yourself to other people. Say you're single, and and we're talking about this too because uh, we've been doing the dating experiment. We have been videoing those via the 30-Day Self-Perception Makeover, and it has been quite entertaining, quite eye-opening for me. Because I have been happily married now for how many years? 
Oh. Anyway, we've known each other uh, for over 20. <laughs> you know, that's what works. I mean, 18. Is that it right? It was 2001. It was right after September 11th. Yeah, it was because we had quite a few people that couldn't come to the or they could not they couldn't come to the wedding. It was in Canada and they did not want to get on an airplane, so they chose not to, which was totally understandable. Yep. But um, when you're years, how many? Eighteen. Eighteen years. It feels yes. like seventeen. <laughs> so when you go in, when you're in that dating cycle and you have these apps and you're flipping through all of this stuff, people are comparing themselves also to to people and. So remember, if you feel like you have to compare yourself to somebody, if it's on social media, I would say don't follow that person anymore. Um, if it's in your everyday life, maybe try to not be around that person as much. And I realize that this is an issue that you yourself internally have to deal with, but sometimes it's not just a snap of a finger. It takes a little while to get that worked on. And I know I always talk about self-perception, and it does start with your self-perception. Manifesting your life on purpose and creating and magnetizing your life all starts with how you think and feel about you. So make sure that you give yourself a little bit of a break. So if you have to back off of watching that person on social media or et cetera, et cetera, then make sure that you do that. So if you take all of these things into consideration, you will start to see the difference between comparison and admiring and if you look at it in a, that way and admiring somebody, you will start actually opening up your flow to create your life. You'll start opening it up to where you'll start thinking more positively when you see that person instead of negatively. So absolutely try that. Do you have any words to say about that? I think so. Yeah. You know, I think at least for me, you know, comparison when we were, um, you know, I'm a science guy, math and science guy, so we, we would always try to figure out new scientific experiments or whatnot that would actually, you know, you'd compare them. That's the basis of science and math. Right, is what right. Do, does something work or, or not? So one good thing about comparison is actually when you compare, you know, typically apples to apples or oranges to oranges to try to come up with, you know, a better medicine for patients so that they can be better. Um, so that's really, you know... Uh, one example of, you know, comparison or what we would go into the lab and you'd put some stuff in your beakers and you'd put them on the Bunsen burner and then you'd compare it. And so some of these things that are more scientific can be good things of... So comparison uh, can be good in some ways. In some ways, yeah. And if it makes people strive for, uh, you know, greater results, particularly, you know, less of a social media thing. I know you've been hitting on that and that's obviously important, but... You know, you can actually, you know, push people to get better results, uh, you know, as Ron was saying, for a greater good, be it medicine or, or charity or what have you, as you just continue to try to raise the bar. Um, so so there are some ways that comparison can be good. I think, it, like we said earlier, it depends on the context. Yeah, you that's know, true. It can be, it can be pretty, um, pretty negative. Um, so, so I think, do you think that comparing yourself to somebody else is more negative, but actually in medicine and other things like that, when you have to compare things, that can be positive. Now, when you say about comparing in order to raise the bar for yourself, don't you think, though, that that's still in a negative energy because you're comparing, you're, you're saying I am not like that other person and I want to be like that other person, but you're never going to be just like that other person. 
because you're not that other person. Yeah, no, but I, th- I guess what I think about is sometimes, you know, there's folks that were trying really hard to be the first to be the man on the moon, whatever country that was, whatever group that was, yeah. whoever could successfully transplant the first heart. Um, y- you know, those kind of things where the, the comparison becomes, uh, you know, it's clearly not social media, but you're striving for some great thing that, you know, you are fighting against other people that all, you know, you're comparing yourself, who's got better results, who can do these things better, you know, th- those are a good comparison. Um, so I guess the what we're getting at is that if go with the way you feel, like we always talk about, right? Yeah. Like go with your intuition, with your gut. If you get a yucky feeling when you're comparing yourself to someone or something, know that you need to switch that around. Oh, yeah. If yeah. You, I mean, if it doesn't feel good fe- about it. Yeah. Well, and like Ron said earlier in the, in the segment, you know, those people that strive for some of those things that are, are negative, they end up unhappy. So, you know, I think there's probably uh, the greater good that gets served by, you know, whoever can come up with a, a new advancement in science or, or some kind of uh, way to make, you know, food easier, safer, get it to more people, you know, a new protein source, mm-hmm. a better way to p- purify your water. You know, there's all these things that you can actually... As, as people leapfrog one another trying to make a better product, you know, the, the greater good is served. Um, so, so this is what happens when you bring a science person on uh, your show. Yeah, you know, you no, probably don't like, need any more nerds mm, to, to come no, on me. I didn't say you were a nerd. <laughs> I did. It's good nerd, to know yourself. Okay, I know then. my self-perception. I know who I am. <laughs> I don't know. Whoever made up that word nerd anyway? Is it like, you know, like what does it even really mean? A smart person? That's a good thing. Not all of them are smart. <laughs> You're one of the smart ones, though. Okay, I'll say yes. He's not gonna, he, he's very like modest. He's not going to say that. You're pretty smart. See, I just gave you a compliment. Don't you feel your energy? And raising? you are too. I thank you very much. Given I was, I was waiting for that. I was oh, waiting okay, for that. Um, but all in all, comparison, like. So if you see somebody and they got a job promotion, I guess these are the kind of things I'm thinking of and talking about because this happens all the time. It happens all the time. People get a new purse. They get, I know, a new purse because some of them are really nice. And some people get a new outfit or they get a job promotion. And then the other person looks at them like, oh, like I didn't get that or I don't have that. That is where those yucky feelings come in. And then you look at it in a little bit of a different way. Like, that is so awesome that they just got that job promotion. I'm the next one. Right? So it's just they're just little shifts that you can make in your life if you are finding that you are comparing yourself to other people, whether it be just in everyday life or on social media, that you can switch that around. So if that is a place where you're in right now and you have a couple people or one on your mind that you keep doing that, it's just really important if you want to start creating success in your life, your version of success, that you take a look at that and you change those feelings around because it will make a world of difference. Now, if you're comparing in science apples to apples and orange to oranges, I would suggest you keep comparing those because that's how we are saving lives. Well, yeah, right. Right? In the science world. Exactly, yeah. You, well, you have to... Um basically prove whatever your th- hypothesis is. Right. So there are good ways to compare. Yeah, yeah, I would just say if you're a human being, 
to not compare yourself to somebody else. Now, if you, like I said, if you see that somebody's doing something that you admire and you love, you know, because they're striving for it, you're, you, I think having the thought process that I'm going to win or I'm going to beat them is more of an is a negative energy. But if it's like, okay, they're doing an awesome job, I'm going to figure out how to do that, and we're going to make this even better. Mm-hmm. See how that just both of those are so different, but they're the same. Mm-hmm. But the energies that are attached to it are different. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I think some of that also depends on, you know, everybody's at a different stage of maturity or where they are in their mm-hmm. lives. Absolutely. And yeah. You, you know, I think the social media thing still is relatively new, you know, um, well, it's new. It, it, it's quote new, but it's huge. It's it's huge. huge no, I understand, world. and and maybe maybe we need a little less of it, or people need to go outside and, and get some fresh air. Or well, and I think medi- I, I'm sorry, go ahead, meditate. Do some meditating, or, or get you know do something. Step away from the uh, electronic device step for away a little bit, from the so, so they don't have you know the jealousy or the comparison or the quite pain. so much. Well, well, yeah, turning ne- their head down, light. walking. Yeah, no, it's be safer too. <laughs> that, that's true. I've seen. Oh over. my goodness! The other day we were going up A one A, and there were people crossing the street. I mean, some of them were probably looking down at a phone, like not even looking. Those of you that live in St. John's County and St. Augustine know what A one A is like. Going up towards Potavita. Tell, tell the other people what the speed limit is. 50, 55, 55 at least 55. 60, 55. People, I mean, literally walking from a car. Like behind a parked car across the street, not even looking. Good thing we pay attention to drive so you can stop while these people decide to cross the street looking at their phone. Um, But the reason why I'm thinking so much about social media is because we are formatting now because the 30-Day Self-Perception teen book has already been written and we are formatting it. And as you all know, teens are always on their electronic devices. Mm -hmm. And so that's why at the beginning I was talking so much about filters and all that. And that's just right on my brain because we have some amazing teenagers that have been contributing to this book. Um, One in particular that uh, is my co-author. And we have had so much insight on what's going on right now in teenagers' lives, which are so different than what was going on when you and I were in high school. We weren't that, I mean, we're not that old at all. We're, we're like wiser. You it was know? the Crusades, actually. It's what? It was the Crusades. Because <laughs> Kathy, Kathy and Brendan and I are all about the same age. So, you know, we can all relate. We did not have cell phones or social media. But that's okay because we're, we have it now. But we actually, we have more of a connection with people. I like to talk to people. Can you tell? Like, I really do. I think so. Yeah. I would rather talk on the phone, too, than text. But, okay, so we're going to let you all go uh, because I could sit here and talk all night. But I really would love for you guys to please pay attention when you're comparing yourself to somebody and change it over to admiring them. If you need help with that, you know, send me a message. We'll figure it out. And my website, go to that. And the 30 Day Self-Perception Makeover is available there. The Teen Edition pre-order is available there. And we have some really exciting news coming up about a 30 Day Self-Perception Makeover, actually. Mm. Yeah, Mm. that is going to be awesome. So we're going to have people, we're going to have some applications for people to apply for that. And you'll be going through that with me. So um, I'm really excited about that. We got some awesome stuff. All right, you guys. So have an amazing night. Join us here next Wednesday for Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life on WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Pontevedra Nocatee, and from anywhere on staugustineradio.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.
As founder and president of Hopeful Handbags International, a nonprofit 501c3 organization, I would like to ask that you donate your once loved handbags filled with necessities that will be donated to women getting back on their feet again, that have gone through down times, abuse, and homelessness. Never underestimate the power of hope. If you or your business would like to donate funds, necessities, become a drop-off location, or start a Hopeful Handbags in your area, contact me at KathleenMiner.com and you too can give hope.